Cannon Fodder. This is a supplementary show to the 20-sided podcast all about world building and lore. This is an exercise in collaboration, improvisation, storytelling, where we build a world one piece at a time. Each episode, our guests will determine which piece we will be building by spinning the wheel of world building. Topics can really be anything. Last week, we dove into the origins and workings of the Twilight Assembly. And this week, who knows? All of our hopes and dreams belong to the wheel. And remember, whatever we come up with, no matter how crazy or absurd, will become canon within the Fractured Realms and within the 20-sided podcast itself. So basically, we have the fate of the world in our hands. No pressure. Today's guest is a very good friend of mine. He is an incredible illustrator, artist, and an all-around just great fucking dude. You probably know him from his wildly popular YouTube channel, Drawfee, where he and his co-hosts take your dumb ideas and make even dumber drawings. He is also a founding member of the Dungan Boys, which is the name of the adventuring party for my first ever home game. I'm very pleased to introduce the incredibly talented Nathan Yaffe. How's it going, Nathan? Oh my gosh. Wow. Very excited to be here. Um, yeah, this I'm I'm ready to build a world. I'm ready to to make uh, some fantasy choices that Hell affect yeah. the real fantasy world of the podcast. There's so much power. Yeah, just that, there's so much power. The tip of your tongue. Who mm. knows what'll happen? The tip of my tongue. The tip of my my fingies. Mm-hmm. So much tips. All the tips. So to start out, what is kind of like, how did you get started in D&D and kind of fantasy? Like, what's your relationship to that? How did you kind of get started in that world? In middle school, my friends played third edition D&D. And so, uh, yeah, I just have some real, some real great memories of, uh, of going over to my friend's house and, and rolling up characters and making real goofy choices as a as a tween mm-hmm. just uh just really trying to screw screw at the uh the dm and uh and of course the dm screwing right back and uh as it should be yeah it was uh i i think probably more adversarial than uh than the dnd i play nowadays just because there were more hormones involved but mm-hmm. uh same basic idea you know it's uh I think uh, we we have a, a friend who, when we play together, definitely uh, reminds me of uh, of those middle school days. It's really, <laughs> it's a fun nostalgic experience, and you you do a great job of uh, of handling them. Just um, quickly parrying left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeps me on my toes, though. It's great. But yeah, it's been it's been really fun these uh, past few years getting to see D and D have this this renaissance, this this surge in in popular consciousness where all of a sudden this this weird niche nerdy thing I was doing as a as a unpopular teenager is now all the rage everyone's doing it all these all these cool hot celebrities are doing it and so uh yeah it's it's fun it's fun to be making the D&D content it really is like the hottest of celebrities that I mean Joe Manganiello oh my god come on you kidding me I thought he was good before and I found out he's a huge D&D nerd. I was like, oh man, you just got way hotter. Magic Mike, <laughs> eat your heart out, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Would love to play with, uh, with Joe and Channing both. Uh, How fucking cool would that be? That and I, it's in his, uh, home game is like the big show from WWE. Oh yeah. Who sounds like a great fucking person to play that'd with. That'd be fun. That'd It'd be, be great. So crazy. I'd, I'd love to roll up to a table with a bunch of like really 
yoked dudes who are all playing characters with less strength stat than my character. (laughs) I just think that'd be very funny. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So if any listeners are able to make that happen for me, let me know. (laughs) You know, that's, I mean, the the cool thing about uh, D&D is, of course, we can in D&D create a a scenario where we're playing D&D inside D&D and uh, with, with some, some strong characters and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's what's great is you can, you can make it up. You can make it all up. Your imagination is the limit. Do you remember your first character? I do. Who, what was your first character? It was a druid. Uh, Ooh, okay. A druid named Laosian who um, we rolled stats for and I rolled really bad stats. <laughs> and I also uh, didn't understand how spellcasting worked in okay. third edition. They made it a lot uh, simpler in fifth edition. Third edition spellcasting was confusing. Um, and, uh, so mostly it was just a character that I, it was true neutral, uh, just a neutral, neutral alignment. Mm -hmm. And so I, I spent most of my time sort of ignoring the, uh, the story prompts and just trying to befriend animals. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good way to play it though. Yeah, I, I really didn't, uh, I wasn't much of a team player as a middle schooler, but uh, we, we grow, we grow and we learn. Yes, we but do. it was still, it was a very fun experience because it was definitely the most, um, the most endangered I ever felt as a, as a player that like, it, it felt like my character could be murdered at any turn. There, there were some uh, player character deaths in that adventure. So that, that is a thing I you know have never i've never killed any of my characters or i've never killed anyone and they like a permadeath yeah uh, i've had a few deaths and like they've had revivify and things i've mm-hmm. yet to kill a character and i feel like that's a thing i probably need like i'm not trying to but mm-hmm. i feel like i need to do it so i know how to do it yeah uh, and i haven't i got i gotta play like a meat grinder you know type of game and just like start killing people left and right just yeah, like yeah, i yeah. can you know pop that cherry and you know keep moving yeah, because uh, I play with a with a different Brian, who uh, his D and D his favorite D and D is, is like original D and D, where like you, oh, sure. you're a guy. Where, like, wizards can have one hit point. Yeah, you're you're a guy. Maybe you have a sword. Maybe you have a name. If you you know if you if you live through the session, maybe your guy has a name. <laughs> you know, it's he he feels that this fifth edition with so much emphasis on character creation is it's a waste of time. So he loves he loves killing off characters, and so um, it's fun. It's fun to play. It's fun. You have real stakes, uh, and he's killed off at least one of my characters. Yeah, and, I, gotta, uh, I gotta try one of these early editions. Oh yeah, well we we play we've played some like like dungeon call, crawl classics, or uh, you know a lot of these games that are that are very much based on original D anD D, and those those are again just meat grinders. Yeah, you like roll mm-hmm. up with with four characters and you're lucky if one of them makes it out of the dungeon alive. But we've played um, Shadow of the Demon Lord together as well, which is, I think, a nice uh, halfway point between what I really like uh, about D&D, which is, you know, character creation, min-maxing, mm-hmm. um, theory crafting, all that sort of thing, and then his desire to uh, inflict pain upon the, <laughs> the players. Uh, it really does a good job of, uh, of combining those two and so uh, I've had at least one player character has died in each of the campaigns that I've played of that. And one time it was it was one of mine. And it was, you know, he always makes the deaths feel significant. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. And but it, it really makes it so you don't you don't take it for granted that your character is going to live through any session. So I think it does right. sort of change the way you play a little bit, which is which is fun. So yeah, highly recommend you start killing off your players. Yeah, I gotta they'll, I gotta start whacking they them. Might, just left they might right. not appreciate it, but they'll respect you. They will. I, I've been trod all over for years now. I gotta yeah. just start swinging back harder. Kill, oh my god! Kill kill off one of Sebastian's characters sometime. <laughs> just please, definitely <laughs> summon a fucking two beholders to destroy yeah. Sebastian's character. I think it's a good time to take a look at the wheel of world building. Uh, I sent you a link. Go ahead and pull it up. Yeah, that's um, up. Take a look at it. Uh, there's a bunch of different things on there. There are some kind of broad topics like, you know, gestures, idioms, sports. There's some more specific things like specific names of places. There's also uh, the Wedge of Divinity, which is a series mm-hmm. of the nine gods. Um, is there anything on there that is jumping out at you as something you might want to talk about or something that you maybe are hoping you don't spin? Let's see. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> economy. <laughs> That's funny. I don't want to talk about the economy. <laughs> don't get wrong. Uh, if we get something as dry as the economy, we can make it goofy. Okay. I'm just worried that'll that'll spill over into real world uh, economy talk. And I'm, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I play D&D to escape the the grim reality that we find ourselves in so uh but yeah no this all looks great i'm i'd be happy to talk about anything on here awesome well i think it's time to spin it go ahead and click and spin the wheel of world building wild card Wild card, our first ever wild card. So this is great. So you can choose anything on the wheel or if you oh want, if there's something not on the wheel that you're interested in talking about, you can choose absolutely fucking anything. Oh my gosh. Anything or if, if you wheel. want, if you want to spin again, you're also welcome to, if you want a, the fates to decide for you. I, you know, it's a lot of pressure. Let's just... Okay, great. Vizkine the Rotting. Vizkine the Rotting. Hell yeah, we have landed on our first in I the probably, Divine Wedge. I probably would have uh, would have chosen that anyway. You know, yeah. If if I if I had uh, it was right next to Wild Card, and uh-huh. uh, I love it. Vizkine the Rotting. That's just Vizkine you know the Rotting. You don't necessarily want to be known as the Rotting. I feel like. You don't. It's it's not really a good look, but if, if you're no. going to have that name, you really got to lean into it. So this is uh, one of the gods that you've uh, come up with for the for the campaign setting. This is indeed one of the like the nine gods generally representing the standard alignment chart. Mm-hmm. This kind of rotting is the chaotic evil god of like necromancy, oh, wow. undeath. So bottom we're really right. going. Yeah. Bottom yeah. right. Deep in. Let's go. You're going to have free reign on this. The only mm-hmm. like preface thing you should know is that in this world, it started as a mundane world, much like ours. That was not magic. The gods were as we knew them, as we know them in the real world. They were, you know, they d- you couldn't speak to a god. It wasn't any proof that your god existed. The current year is 1025. In the like year zero, a rift opened. Three massive titans came through and like waged war on the continents. 
And after a certain amount of time, nine heroes rose up and were able to defeat them and seal them away. Those nine heroes then ascended to godhood. Mm. And that is like the dawn of the age of divinity we are currently living in. Nice. And of course, of course, one of those, uh, one of those gods that was the one that's, uh, or one of the, those Titans was, uh, the, the Kraken, the Kraken Titan, right? That's, that's, uh, the big, yeah, that was, uh, part Fathom. of the Fathom. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a big deal in the, uh, in the season one arc, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I haven't finished it, but I'm, I'm listening and it's good. Going through Hell yeah. Check out 20 sided podcast. Check you it find out. Your podcast. Yeah. So let's, so let's start with this kind of rotting. Let's go very broad mm-hmm. gender race and like class that they would probably represent. What do you think? Okay. Um, so they were a hero at one point, right? They mm-hmm. worked together with these other heroes and I assume perhaps, uh, I don't know, ascending to godhood. Did that turn them evil? Were they always evil? Uh, that's interesting. Rotting sort of, you know, that, that, makes me think of decomposition mm-hmm. um the process of of death and decay so like maybe like circle of spores druid is sort of like leaping okay. out at me because sure. like that's literally you know fungus grows on uh on decaying stuff mm-hmm. and i mean all the other the other angle there is like just like truly the the death angle and you get sort of like a like a death cleric or a, a grave cleric, something something along that, or a necromancer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Vizkine. That's a cool name. Hmm. This, I mean, just as like a fun, you know, random aside, I drew this from one of my other home games where I had a character whose name was Jarvis, who ended up being like the evil character, and his like ascended lich name was going to be Vizkine because his name was Jarvis Kine, so like, cutting off the jar oh um, sure to give you this kind but my players just murked him walking out of a temple <laughs> oh there you go uh so w- they never got to you see gotta, this kind you gotta make you gotta make yourself a lich before you get murked that's first rule of becoming a lich second rule hide those phylacteries gotta hide them, those phylacteries yeah gotta get them spread out yeah, I kind of like the idea of like the cycle of life life and death and that like the cha- chaotic element too that like this was maybe a druid that maybe uh saw sort of the the excesses of civilization uh mm-hmm. destroying the natural world and uh embodying the the sort of reaction to that which is the inevitable cycle of death that that everything no matter how pristine and clean you you make it will eventually rot and decay and uh and sort of embodying that that notion that like maybe they they saved the world and then didn't like the way it it turned out hell yeah do you think when they ascended to do you think they started out as heroic or do you think they started out as like a good aligned character and then saw these excesses and became more evil aligned or do you think they were always kind of in this evil bent but happened to work with the other the other eight I I love a I love a fallen hero story. I don't know if they were ever necessarily like good or maybe their ideals of of good uh, their ideals didn't maybe necessarily line up with the the fantasy alignment chart good and evil cuz like mm-hmm. typically 
you know, warriors of, of nature tend to skew more neutral as again, we're talking, talking about my first character who's a mm-hmm. druid and just like the, the natural world isn't, doesn't really take sides in that sort of thing. But they saw these Titans wreaking havoc on everything and thought, okay, well, this is, this is bad. We can't have this. We can't, you know, nature can't run its course while, while these entities, these unnatural entities are, are causing problems. But, you know, now, now that uh, we've gotten rid of them, we've got, you know, my, my fellow compatriots have ascended and now they're going to cause the same problems and we can't have that either. So that, you know, I, I like, I like it when, um, you know, there are two ways to go with evil. Someone who, who truly knows that they're evil and just loves it, just loves that they're evil. And mm-hmm. someone who truly believes that they're good and what they're doing is correct. And they've been labeled evil, but and especially if they're a druid, that means they have like a high, a very high wisdom score. Mm-hmm. And like an aspect of wisdom is like insight and ability to understand people. So a high wisdom evil character means they fully understand the effects and the like what's going to happen based on their yeah. evil deeds, but do it anyway. Right. So must have like a deeply held code of something. It's that's just like at odds with the code that they're that they're looking at yeah hell yeah what do you think i'm trying to think like main things we need to come up with we should definitely talk about like the worshipers of this kind mm-hmm. we should probably look at like maybe like a symbol like what is the you know what is the emblem of this kind mm-hmm. and also the question is i have this this god as chaotic evil but we could change that alignment if like as you're building this you feel this might be more chaotic neutral in, or uh, in the neutral e- 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 yeah, yeah. neutral evil yeah 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 uh i do think yeah i like the idea that that it is evil according to you know what what they're trying to accomplish it would be considered evil by like most people despite mm-hmm. yeah like i think they they've probably gone off the deep end at this point because you know that's that's the thing right it's like you 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 have these ideals and then you uh you take it too far and then you you've gone too far and it's like okay now what are you even doing at this point you know you still think you're in the right but like you, deep down you know mm, i've crossed right. a line yeah that's interesting well again i like the some something with rotting like the uh something something fungal something decaying like uh like I'm, I'm imagining this is this is just like a rad tattoo idea, but just like a skull <laughs> with like mushrooms coming out of it. Okay, cool. Um, as again, we're just riffing, we're just throwing throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. I love I love a fungal skull, just like a slow like a skull that's like half skull and half infected by yeah know, various funguses and things. Yeah, that's pretty. I, I like yeah, just the idea of like a mortal human skull. You know, going from, you know, regular skull at the very top and then like as you go further down, it's just like more and more fungal and rotting until you get to the bottom. It's just like there are bits missing. Yeah, that's cool as hell. A name for the followers. Just uh, again, just off the top of my head, the Mm -hmm. putrid, the The putrid. Love that. In what way do they worship? Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, I think I'm imagining sort of like real like crust punk like just sort of like <laughs> nasty <laughs> some just some real like gross some gross fellas so are they just kind of like lads are they just kind of embracing the like fun like just letting mushrooms and spores and like funguses grow on them yeah or something? just there was um nasty 
Yeah, there was a, because again, like Circle of Spores Druid, like you can definitely, like that's not, I'm not trying to ascribe like evil to, to that subclass. Mm-hmm. Like you could have like one of my favorite D&D podcasts, not another D&D podcast, the, yeah. one of the, the heroes of the first of the first campaign arc played a Circle of Spores Druid. Very heroic. Shout um, out Moonshine. Shout out Moonshine. I- incredible character. So yeah, like there's obviously like this is a corrupted version of that. Right. But I do I do like the idea of like the way that you worship Vizkind sort of at the at the lowest level is just sort of by being gross. Okay. <laughs> by just sort of living in filth and rejecting society. And then as you get get higher up, you know, cultists or whatever are probably acting to uh, destabilize and destroy governments. Uh, societies, uh, empires, whatever, whatever you you got going. There, there is a good um, kind of area where this could exist more so than others, and that's um, the Dreg Empire, which okay. is exists in the the valleys and the lowlands of Azore, so like a very mountainous region that is corrupted by what is called the Wandering Miasma. It's essentially okay. a like poisonous, noxious cloud that like wanders around, it just kind of like moves with the wind, mm-hmm. but the drag empire has like learned to live inside of it kind of like adapted, mm-hmm. kind of like learned to live with the land in this horribly corrupted state. Um, oh, sure. And that feels kind of like that's probably where at least more, uh, more followers more. What was the, what was the name we came up with? The putrid, the putrid, more of the putrid would exist just yeah. because of like the nature of this area. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense. And then there, of course, are putrid who live outside that area that are like, no, you're just part of, you've just created a new society in this area. You know, that's not, right. that's not any bad. I'm sure there, there are factions within, you know, as, as with any religion, there, there's going to be uh, some different interpretations of the teachings of Vizkind and, and the best ways to support and, uh, and live in, in Vizkind's ideals. And so that, that can lead to some some interesting uh, friction, some conflict there. Cause again, it's chaotic. Like they're not, they're not right. organized. There's no, there's no lawfulness there. So like any, any that, uh, that try to, to bring this, this chaos, this chaotic ideology into practice through the government are going to be ultimately not staying true to, to the, the, the core, the core message, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's something that's something to think about. Something to think about. Something to ponder. That's, so, that's something to ponder. Yeah. Put it yeah. in the old noodle. Yeah. So I, I think, especially with gods, you can definitely the, the, there is like an interesting thing where it's tough to be like atheistic in five e because there is like proof of the gods, like they grant right. you powers, they all this stuff. And like one of the spells you could often use is like commune or like you could speak with your God. If you're a cleric of some form, mm-hmm. if you communed with this kind, what form would they take? Oh, interesting. Like, would they have a discernible race or gender? Would they, be, I mean, they don't even necessarily need to be like a playable class. They could be, they could have taken the form of some other type of beast or monster or something. I'm imagining y'all, you ever see annihilation? Yeah. I'm imagining the bear from Annihilation. Ooh, okay, sure. This sort of like hulking amalgamation, like unnatural amalgamation of like the natural and unnatural and life and death just sort of like 
and, you know, probably got some stink lines coming off of it, like sort of mm-hmm. in a fog. But yeah, like I'm, I'm imagining sort of like a hulking, undistinguishable, terrifying form that's, again, like got sort of flesh rotting off, exposed bone, fungus growing on it sort mm-hmm. of sort of thing. Hell yeah. I love that. Real fucking creepy. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of kind of creepy and fucked up this Vizkine. And I kind of imagine like if you start communing with the god, like it it starts small, like you just start smelling like the, the oh, putridity, yeah. and then you start hearing the like you can almost hear internal organs because they're like partially exposed and shit. And then you see yeah. this crazy monstrosity that you have to like understand and try to put your mind around. Yeah, I think that the, the high priests, like the the ones that really get close to to knowing Vizkine are able mm-hmm. to determine Vizkine's mood based on like the subtleties and the different smells. Ooh, I like that. That like, what, you know, Vizkine okay, said, yeah. What what is a good mood smell and what is a bad mood smell? Okay. So, well, I don't know that Vizkine has good moods, but like I think maybe like Vizkine looking favorably on what you did, uh that's going to be definitely more of like a uh, a rotting fruit sort okay, of smell sure, sure. whereas Vizkine uh, Vizkine I- expressing disfavor is going to be closer to like a rotting flesh sort of smell okay cool so <laughs> so where where would you put like what uh what mood of Vizkine is like New York trash juice New York you know trash smell? juice Vizkine is like that's uh don't talk to me till I've had my coffee <laughs> <laughs> that's like a who are you why are you bothering me right now like and of course you, to experience that smell you you wouldn't probably know what it means like it's sort of an everything right like that's uh you're you're not getting that smell if you know what that smell means you're not getting that smell like it means you've you've earned a, a little bit more of his kind's time i love that I also love the idea that people are just like walking around the cities, like smelling this awful thing, being like, oh, what is that? Just Vizkine pissed off. <laughs> Vizkine is mad today. The other thing I want to talk about is when the, who are now the gods, defeated the Titans and like sealed them away, mm-hmm. each of them had a, an item of like myth that uh, was built for them and right. they used to like help seal away this Titan. What do you think Vizkine's item whether armor whether arcane focus whether weapon what do you think it would have been is this something like Mm. they chose and it was made for them interesting question brian so we're talking we're talking you know legendary vorpal sword type right right yeah well again i'm imagining vizkine is like more of a a spellcaster uh Mm -hmm. type like like you know how uh in in Tomb of Annihilation mm-hmm. there's like the 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 orb of annihilation. Yeah, the sphere of annihilation. The sphere the sphere of annihilation, excuse me. I'm imagining something like that, but it's like it's in instead of just like disintegrating, it's like a it's like a slower, more painful process. But like so, sort of like Ooh, a Ooh, okay. Uh, a, a sphere, an orb that's just that's just pure decay, basically. That yeah. uh, that just accelerates the. It's it's like the um, it's like the beach that makes you old. 
Oh, in, sure, sure, sure. It's just like you just see someone like aging and decaying like yeah. really fast in front of but it's But it's like an orb and it's like it floats. Vizkind like holds it up and it floats. And it's it just sort of looks like a, like a gross, eerie, green, glowing orb. What do you uh, what do you think the name of this thing is? <laughs> the orb that makes you old. Oh, <laughs> you know, honestly, there's. I, I, I was talking about this on a di- different episode. Like, we we came up with the name of a town that was stupid. Yeah, but like, if you think in America, there's like a Christmas Illinois. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like a. They're insane, weird names for everything. So if you want to go orb that makes you old, fucking do it. <laughs> I think that's because not everything is high fantasy. Yeah, in the world. no, I think that's how it's known colloquially. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, I think maybe just you know, just uh, bu- 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 ooh, I'm tr- I'm trying to can can you might can I open thesaurus? Can I open thesaurus? Yeah, open up the thesaurus. Thesaurus. Oh man! Uh, all right, let's let's look up some synonyms for uh, for decay. I'm thinking like infestation, putridity. Oh, you know, let's just call it. What, why don't we just call it blight? Oh, okay, sure. Just straight, it's just, just blight. It's just known as blight. I and then I like that that this orb was called blight and essentially like casts a very powerful version of the blight spell. Mm-hmm. And because this item was like so mythic and was named blight that word then like crept into the lexicon. So like when people say blight, the origin, like the etymology of that word is from this sphere. Yeah. I love that. It's also, cause again, I played a third edition when was, was my introduction to D and D. And in that there was uh, this thing called a prestige classes where instead of like now it's just sort of every class has these sort of subclass um, Mm -hmm. specializations Basically, there were these classes that called prestige classes that you needed to meet certain requirements for, and then you could multi-class into them. And obviously, like certain ones were geared towards certain base classes, like they they synergized well with them. And there was one that was basically just an evil druid, and it was called a blighter. Ooh, okay. And so that's sort of what I'm imagining is this, you know, sort of the the inspiration for that. Because, like, I, I love the idea of, like, this character has so, so miss, is, is so, like, been twisted by their, their hatred for the, the, the unnatural that they themselves have, have, be, have twisted the natural process of death and decay into something unnatural themselves. And, uh, you know, they're still using these sort of, powers that are derived from nature but twisting them into something corrupted and and evil now hell yeah i want i think i want to ask like one more little thing before we move on to lightning round and that is so this this kind began life as a mortal yeah be you know helped defeat the titans and ascended to godhood in their mortality what was i i kind of i want to say like what was their backstory but i don't want to go too big Mm -hmm. rather what was something that they either loved or hated that's mm. that still like they still carry with them even in their divinity? So something that was almost like fundamental to them yeah. when they were mortal. That's interesting. Um I'm trying to think I think on this I wanna I wanna hear something more of like a positive note. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I think we we got their like sort of negative motivations. But yeah, I yeah. wanna 
I want to think like, I wonder if it was like one of the other gods, you know, like that was their one sort of connection that they had like a, like a falling out. Oh, you okay. Know? Like do maybe. Want, do you want to hear the other gods? And we yeah, can kinda... yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's build okay. it out. So we've got Aeon the Bright, who is a goblin, lawful good, sun and harvest. Bartle the Scribbler, who's a turtle, lawful neutral, writing, art, creativity. Mondrak the All-Seeing, it's a beholder, lawful evil, god of revenge and penance. Twilight the Patience, neutral god of twilight, liminality, change. Kinsu the Wanderer, Arakokra, neutral good, or sorry, neutral god of exploration and knowledge. The Faceless One, a neutral evil god of secrets, lies, and death. Mitska the Generous, chaotic good god of generosity and joy. Both the Foolish, chaotic good god of excess, indecision, and folly. And of course, Vizkine. Okay. I, hmm, I think like probably the chaotic good God, you know, like sort of the op, the opposite of, sure. Of, uh, of, you know, blight and plague and death is this idea of like generosity and bounty, sort of like the opposite of what, what can be good if you, if you live in harmony with, with nature, with, with the world you live in, you, you can create bounty and 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 plenty and then if you you know you share it and it's like right you, you get you get a nice you get a nice time going mitzka the generous uh was a mm-hmm. gnome gnomish woman what do you think their connection was in mortality was there like a friendship there was there a romance there was there just a mutual respect there i think i think friendship i you know i yeah I'm not I'm not here to to ship gods just yet, but you know, sure. maybe yeah, maybe just maybe just like a really solid friendship. Like maybe the two of them really understood each other in a way that that the others, you know, even the other evil gods like didn't really understand uh Vizkine, you know. Like I think that I'm imagining I'm imagining like a like a elf for mm-hmm. for Vizkine. So, you okay. know, like a a like like the gnomes sort of long lived and uh and connected with nature yeah i think that like they probably spent a long time adventuring together before ascending and i think that maybe deep down uh vizkine still still misses that mhm i like uh, it it's a very yeah. like sweet lovely little story right yeah it's sweet it's sad because obviously that's not that's not the path they chose right and you know they probably they probably wouldn't wouldn't readily admit it they they might not even know that's how they feel at this point you know they've mm-hmm. been so corrupted but I, I like to think there's like a little a little nugget there a little spark of hope somewhere in there yeah yeah why not i like it is there anything else you want to add to Vizkind before we move on to lightning round? Any cool little tidbits or doodads you want to add in? Hmm. Okay. Let's see. So we've got the putrid. Those are the, the, the followers. I think, you know, that's, you know, obviously clerics, but then druids as well. And then Mm -hmm. I do think, I do think necromancers there, there's a certain like type of like extra crusty necromancer that that can, that can, dig what what Vizkine is uh is laying down and yeah again like the chaotic 
factor there means that I don't think they're particularly well organized. And I think that there are multiple interpretations of what Vizkine is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's this general sense of like destruction, decay, being gross and nasty uh, <laughs> and and relishing in in all things that are uh, gross and nasty in the in the world. Yeah, I think I think you got you got a fun little little faction or, or series of factions that that can that can pop up and just be like, "Ew, these guys, these guys are the gross. worst. These guys are the worst. Who are these guys? Because because you can have you you have like the full spectrum, like people who just dig the aesthetic and just want an excuse <laughs> to be gross, <laughs> versus like people who like truly believe, you know, right, right, right. something like, no, this is how the world is meant to be." And uh, and you're you're defiling it with your with your civilization, and then there right yeah, there, there are some rangers in there that just haven't bathed in a couple months, and are like, yeah, yeah this kind, yeah, this kind for sure, yeah, <laughs> whatever, man, yeah, you know, I don't I don't feel like taking a shower. Fuck you, this kind, that's me now, <laughs> and that's what I'm into. I can just imagine like the hot topic T-shirts of this yeah. kind. Yeah, awesome. That is. Uh, the Wheel of World Building segment. We have two segments on the show. One is the Wheel of World Building. The second is... Lightning Round! Lightning Round! Lightning Round is the round where we ask a few questions quickly that we answer a little bit slower. Okay. <laughs> so these are a little bit more ephemeral than uh-huh. what we just did. They're a little less solid. Uh, you'll kind of see what I mean. Okay. First question. What is a rumor that is currently going around regarding Vizkine or the Putrid? Or something just like tangential to Vizkine. What's a rumor Ooh, that's going around? A rumor. I love a rumor. I love Could goss. be true, false, exaggerated, downplayed, anything in between. What what I like about the um the 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 mythos that you have in in the campaign, in the world of the campaign, is that the Titans all had uh champions, right? Mm-hmm. The the Kraken was the, the Fathom's champion. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that maybe maybe Vizkine has a champion. That, Ooh, okay. uh, or that they're they're trying to to build a champion. Oh, I love build a champion, especially trying, for this kind. Yeah, they're trying to create some sort of some sort of champion, or their cultists are trying to create a champion. You know, to be the the first of the gods to have their own champion rise, the way the Titans used to. Ooh, um, I love that. That's great. <laughs> Because there, there's did. also like a cyclical nature of it. Like the Titans yeah. did it. We defeated the Titans. And now I'm following the same path, whether or not yeah. I know it. I love that. Second question. Mm-hmm. What is the name of a person who either worships or is some way involved with Vizkine? And what is the most notable or interesting thing about them? Could be physical. Could be a personality quirk. Anything. Okay. A name. Let's, let's get a name. A fantasy name. Uh, Names are tough. Chud Gar <laughs> Chud Gar Chud Gar uh, This is how creation happens <laughs> Chud Gar Smalvin Chud Gar Smalvin Chud Gar Smalvin is I think maybe the most the most popular bard that is that is publicly Ooh. a worshiper of this kind. 
So this is definitely like crust punk. A crust bard. punk bard who just like like a like a guar type or yeah, not not maybe not even what is what is guar? What what genre is that? Just like gross Ooh. just like you get you get spit on and you get like <laughs> gunk on you at their con like if you go to the concert, you're you're gonna leave grosser than when you came. Yeah, you get in the and mosh there's, pit and there's just like weird things on you at the end. Yeah, yeah. I I feel bad because like I don't I I'm, there's you're gonna have someone listening to this and be like that's that's an incorrect cl- classification of the the music genre of crust punk guar is its own i'm gonna i'm just gonna google what what genre i, I don't really know guar but the name guar it feels right yeah. so whatever band out there this actually represents they should be named guar thrash metal hardcore punk crossover okay sure yeah, okay. yeah. we're in the so, ballpark yeah, just a just a real, you know, like a virtuoso. People know about them, <laughs> and they're like they're the one. They've like they they manage to break through because there are obviously like this there is a music guys. genre. Yeah. yeah, there there are there are bands in the in the cult in the Vizkind cult scene. You know, various bands that all sort of sound the same. But something about I already forgot the name. I said Chudgar. Ch- Chudgar. Ooh. Well, we can play it back. <laughs> yeah. Smalvin. Smalvin. Chudgar Smalvin. I think people just know them as Chudgar. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I'm thinking like like a uh, it's like a half orc who uh who's just like long hair, sorta of, I'm I'm imagining sort of like Nathan Explosion as a as a half orc, if you if you okay. ever seen Metalocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even grosser. And just, yeah, just very, very well off, but just acts gross. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this, this guy is, uh, is known as like the most famous Vizkine worshiper. And like some people think it's a bit and some, uh, some people are like, no, he's, he's serious about it. He's trying right. to spread there, the There are word. like big fans. And then there are also people who are like, nah, he's a poser. What? That's yeah. not real Vizkine. And I imagine like actual uh, like cultists, Vizkind cultists are trying to of the the various factions within the the Vizkind religion are mm-hmm. uh, trying to get him on their side. And he's like, no, that's not what I'm about. I'm my own man. That's what Vizkind's about. Individuality, chaos. Right. You know, I'm not trying to join an organization. That's not that's not the point. I'm just um, me. I'm Chudgar. I'm Chudgar. That's what he says. That's how he opens the show. He goes, <laughs> I'm Chudgar. And everyone goes, yeah! <laughs> Fucking love it. The last question I have is a two-parter. Okay. Always at the end of the lightning round, we have our current guest ask a question, anything they want to know about the world, for our next episode's guest to answer. Uh, last oh. episode, we had on Mike Luongo, a good friend oh. of both of ours. And love Mike. this was the question he had for you. I would want to know what the popular uh, mass storytelling story is, which is to say the equivalent of like a Marvel story mm-hmm. or just like a pop culture movie. Oh. What is that equivalent in this world and how is it presented? You're looking for the next squid game. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Give me the squid game in this world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is in this world, the Marvel or squid? Like what's the, the, the latest hop in Netflix show? 
oh my uh, that gosh. everyone's talking about. It, like everyone has a take. It's in all the papers. And so this doesn't have to be related to VizKind anymore. This, this is, this just is totally anything. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, you know, you've got... I, I would imagine, because again, Marvel, it, it's it's pulling from mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, it, it's already pulling from mythology. Is there is there some sort of like allegory for this this Titan war that could be dressed up? Because it, it, that's, that's what's so interesting is like we're in this fantasy world already, right? So right. like what, like you'd think stories about adventurers accomplishing great deeds is like the most boring thing you could think right. of. What, what is like, the escapism for people what do you, who have... What do you do to escape... When your history is like gods ascend and titans right. destroy it, sunder the earth, what is the fantasy of the fantasy world? <laughs> it's like it's like Mad Men. It's got to be like it's just about like <laughs> like a uh, like a marketing like an advertising agency or something. You know, like that's the most because it's like oh, I don't I don't know how they I don't know how they do it. Just like what a I don't know like a blacksmith that. Okay. Uh, that that becomes like a, a sensation, a woodcutter, something something real mundane. But it's it, it like could every, also. It, I mean, j- just to throw a wrinkle in this, it could be a like reality. Com- it could be a Great British Bake Off. Oh my God, you're right. Right, it doesn't necessarily have to be fiction. This could be a nonfiction type thing. Yeah. yeah. Or also, I mean, like I'd hate to go down this road, but it could be a Real Housewives. It could be. Oh my gosh, it's like you want to. Cause yeah, it would. It's like there's not cinema, right? So it it would have to be like a sort of thing that like troops of players perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, various versions of. I'm thinking it would almost happen like at a traveling carnival. Like either it is performed or it is a events are relayed. Mm-hmm. If it's like a Real Housewives type thing, or if it's a like Great British Bake Off type thing, it's a competition that is done at this traveling carnival or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Is a tough one. This is, this is a he good, gave you a lot to work with, and I also made it even broader than I think he intended. That's a good, yeah. He he said Marvel, so I'm gonna try and stick. I'm gonna try and stick with that. Like, what are what are the superheroes okay. to people who are essentially superheroes? I mean, I guess you know it's still a world. Like, it's still they're still mundane people, and you know, Marvel is at the end of the day, it's a lot of uh, sort of pro-military propaganda maybe it is (laughs) yeah maybe it is just like a a sort of a a retelling of this creation myth you know but like the the gods are they're they're given new names and they're Mm -hmm. it's like this story about how um the gods have been reincarnated as adventurers again people love an origin story Right. Like it's mm-hmm. we're doing origin stories again. We've got Eternals coming out. It's another origins. We're back to origin stories. Um, it always comes back to origin it, people, stories. They're always the best. People ones. love to love to know. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of like because that that's what's fun. Right. It's like seeing Thor in modern society. So like by mm-hmm. by modern the modern society that is this fantasy world. Like what if the gods were reincarnated as uh, as regular folks in in this in this world and had to like rediscover their power like rise back up yeah i think it's that 
so the the even tougher question what is the title of this cinematic universe and if you want to you know for extra credit what's the title of like the sub moves like if it's avengers what's the end game you know what i mean yeah okay so it would be i think it would be called like yeah maybe it's called like the celestials okay or uh uh, yeah the celestials the you know it's it's gonna start with of course that goblin one you said first. Uh, a on the bright. A on the bright. It's a uh, bright man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get, uh, and then you get, of course, uh, one of the other ones in there. Uh, faceless one. Faceless one. Sure. Uh, that one's, that one's called face off. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't, you know, they don't have face off in, uh, in this in this world yet and they they do get uh it's pretty similar it's pretty similar <laughs> it's, it's to the same story <laughs> yeah i would love it if it turned out that face off was somehow in the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I think nick cage deserves to be in the cinematic universe like how right, is he yeah not? he's ghost he could be a, a minor character oh ghost right, riders ghost are Rider. marvel right could they get could they just like let him do a cameo in one of them yeah that sounds great like we're playing Calvin Ball with Marvel anyway at this point. We've got, we've really broken, are. like, because the cool thing is they they already did everything in the comics already, right? They've already made every storytelling mistake you can make mm-hmm. in the comics, and so we're 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 at multiple timelines, right? If you, if you've seen Loki, we've the timelines are branching. It looks like we're doing more convergent timeline stuff with the new Spider Man. Mm-hmm. We already sort of hinted at multiverse in, in, in into the Spider Verse. Like, let's just go nuts, you know? Yeah. Let's get let's get some some wacky stuff happening. I am really curious what what do you do after the multiverse is saved? Like, this is kind of the problem that like uh, Doctor Who runs into a lot of the times when they get to the season finales. It's like when the entirety of time, space, and like reality is at stake. Like, the only way to win is, like, the power of love, which is a not fun ending. Yeah. Like, like when it's that big, there's not really a big guy you can, like, punch. There's just, like, some kind well, of cosmic that's, force. That's why I love the ending of Doctor Strange. Uh, the Doctor yes. Strange movie. Have you seen that one? Where he's yeah, not... Yeah, where he, like, goes and hits Dormammu. Yeah, he's not more powerful than the big bad. He just wins by annoying him. Yeah, that's the most creative. I don't know. I, it's my favorite way a big bad is defeated in any of the Marvel movies where it's just like, I can't beat you by punching you. So I'm just going to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> it's like, stop. Leave me alone. All right, fine. It's not where I'll eat a different world. Yeah. I go to Saturn. <laughs> Get some rings. <laughs> some onion rings. Saturn rings. Awesome. So we got the Celestials. The Celestials, yeah. Which, of course, there, there's already... That's like a, a classification of... B- before D&D people get at me, I know Celestial is a type of uh, creature in the mm-hmm. D&D world, which is, you know, just any angel or whatever. Uh, you know, Asimar. Th- those, those sorts of things. So... I'm sure there are nerds in the 
fantasy world as well that are like, this is a, this is a misnomer. It should be called something else. They've uh, ascended beyond simply celestials to being d- divine entities, and uh, that's different. So, you know, that there's discourse around it, of course. They're very annoying people who are big yep. fans but hate everything that comes out. Um, and A lot of people uh, posting like, on the discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's an entire... Um, there is a forum, uh, and it's just like a, a, an actual forum where people come <laughs> and shout, and you don't. It's a, it's a segment of the of the marketplace where uh, you you don't want to go. Uh, no, yeah. no one no one likes to go there, but there's there's always people there shouting. It's and in the see. wandering miasma. It's literally toxic. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the last question for you: What is a question you have about the world, big or small? for our next guest to answer. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's think. Let's let's make it let's make it tough like Luongo made made it for me. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Okay. This is tough cuz I don't know I don't know what all you you've talked about on the previous episodes. Am I going to be redundant? We, we we've talked about uh like we we've kind of named like the boy band. One of the first okay. questions was who is like the the Wu-Tang Clan equivalent. Okay. Uh, I think we we've done the entertainment space a fair okay. bit. So okay. maybe stay away from that, and I think you're you're golden. Okay. Okay. But we've only done like the movies and music equivalents. We haven't done like a you know sport or sport or game equivalent. Go I've ahead. got the question. I've got the question. Hit me. Here's my question. Okay. What is the generational rift? What is like the the boomers versus millennials? Ooh. of of this world what what is something that people in their it, it, newish adventurers or adventurers who are they feel they've been doing it for a while but still are not uh are not the veterans right that uh that the the older generation is and of course this is obviously complicated by the fact that fantasy races have different levels of longevity mm-hmm. but there's a there's sort of a societal understanding of generations right like this right. class this class of heroes right that the previous class of heroes looks at them and goes oh, you don't you don't know what it was like you 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 guys don't don't have any idea what we went through you 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 all are you got it so easy you got it so easy what what is it what what did they and and then and conversely, what has the the older generation done that's made it so this young this this new generation resents them back? It's like, well, you why didn't you solve these problems? You know, what are the problems that either both generations pin on each other that that causes generational strife in this world? I absolutely love that because especially because I think a lot of like the best parts of world building are like name a thing and see how different cultures or different people view that thing. So like when there's a taboo in the world, which cultures abide by that taboo, which cultures think it's stupid and how do the, how do they communicate within each other? Yeah. So this is a perfect, like jumping off point to something very large, I think. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and, and to, and if, if the person answering this question, if it's too broad, they can choose just like one of the, this could just be for elves, you know, Mm -hmm. or something, you know, if, if it's, if it's too broad to answer for the whole world, you can Simplified pick just a, a, a segment. You can segment it down. But I want to know about a generational strife uh, that exists. I love it. I don't know the answer, but we will find out next episode. Hell yeah. I'll be tuning into that. <laughs>
to steal a line from Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. Load it up into the cannon, fire it into the fractured realms. That is all for this episode of Cannon Fodder. Uh, Nathan, uh, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, plug anything you might want to plug? Yeah, watch Drawfee on YouTube. It's a uh, comedy drawing show that I do with my friends. I've been doing it for a while now, and uh, people people seem to like it. You might too. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Nathan Yaffe. I don't tweet very much. I usually just promote Drawfee stuff on there, and you can also follow at Drawfee Show on Twitter as well. We tweet when we post episodes, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We also stream on Twitch every Monday night. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to come, tell us what you want to see us draw. Gets it gets wild in there, and uh, we have a good time. Drawfee is a fantastic show. I could not recommend it more. It's so much Thank fun. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I always forget how talented you are. Oh my gosh. Like I, I know you can draw, and then every now and then I'll like watch an, an episode, and be like, oh shit, he can like really fucking draw. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's great. Yeah, if you want to see all of today's world building put into action, check out our parent show, The 20-Sided Podcast, all 11 episodes of our first season titled Escape from the RMS Titanfall. It's so good. Now available on all podcast services you can imagine. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you are listening on a podcast service that probably also hosts The 20-Sided Podcast. You can find us, search for us. You're already there. You're already there. You did it. You're most the way there. Hell yeah. And keep your eyes on your feed for more episodes of Cannon Fodder, as well as the upcoming season two of the 20-sided podcast. But for now, thanks for listening. Bye-bye!